Hey folks, Rich from Trapping Inc. TV here. And I bet you're just like me, and the day can't start without that first cup of coffee. For me, it's Stout Maple. Old Smoke Coffee's darkest roast. Strong, aromatic, and smooth. That gets me revved up and ready for whatever the day throws at me. Old Smokes roast their coffee over wood fires, the old-fashioned way. Wood roasting takes time, much longer than modern hot air roasting. Slow roasting over wood takes the bitter out of the bean and imparts a heavenly taste and aroma from the wood used. Old Smokes makes a perfect roast for each person. There are five roasts from light to extra dark, each roasted over a different wood for a unique flavor. Right now you can order from their online store and use our promo code RICH, that's R-I-C-H, and get a free travel bottle on any purchase of $45 of coffee, excluding the Wounded Warriors blend. Just go to oldsmokescoffee.com that's O-L-E, smokescoffee.com. Use the promo code RICH. In these trying times, everybody's trying their best to adapt. Old Smokes is changing the promo rewards every couple of weeks, but every time, from now on, use RICH for the code. RICH will be the only promo code going forward, and what the heck, it's a lot less spelling on that silly phone screen. And now, back to today's show. Are we ready? I think we're live. <laughs> it's been a day since we did this. It's been a day. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Rich Mellon from Trapping Inc. TV. And I'm Sandy Mellon, also from Trapping Inc. TV. Um, and today is uh, the Monday of the August long weekend here in Canada. And we are up at our trapping cabin and trap line, registered fur management area, however you want to describe it. Anyway, we haven't been here for a really long time. Oh my gosh, no. It's been, it's been a day. We had uh, such a crazy spring. Oh yeah. The spring happened in like uh, 26 hours and at the same time, uh, the whole virus thing, which is still going on, was going on and so they shut down the oil patch. Yes. Yes, they did. In fact, where we are uh, is in the Seal Lake heavy oil sands area and they extract uh, crude and um, bitumen and all, all the byproducts and whatnot that yeah. come uh, condensate and so on. They extract that by um, uh, SAG D. So steam assisted uh, gravity drainage is what SAG D stands for. Right. But what what's going on is this is all oil sands. Everybody knows about the oil sands at Fort McMurray and, and about the big pit mines and that. That's only 3% of Alberta's uh, oil sands that can be strip yeah. mined. Here can't be strip mined. It's too far underground. So they and drill it's down. it's very this. wet here yeah. too. Well, they, yeah. but they drill down. They run run horizontal. I mean, what they can do with modern drilling is unbelievable. And then they, they have all these uh, feeder lines that, that uh, pump either the condensate or, this, or the steam in there and to... Uh, dilute the bitumen it drains down and into the into the sucking or or pickup pipes right right and up it goes in, in, in through the system anyway they shut the whole works down there wasn't a light on out here anywhere the last time we were here and when was that like april uh may first couple of days of may because we got a spring beaver shooting uh, remember that's true we and did. there yep. was half the ice was on the lake yes it was uh but one of those you know unintended consequences when they shut it down, that meant no road road maintenance. Yes, no and road maintenance. There was hardly anybody out here. Maybe a few local people uh, from the Métis uh, settlements that are around us. Maybe yeah. there were, were some of those folks out. But uh, we really didn't see anybody that weekend that we were here. No. And judging from the roads, there was, you know, there was no maintenance going on because they weren't hauling anything in well, or out. Yeah, there was a lot of lot of snow and it, and it had uh, there hadn't been plowed or anything, so yeah. we pulling the trailer was was interesting. <laughs> but what happened then was he had this really fast spring, yes. flooded everything. We got flooded at home and lost the road at home and all that kind of stuff, and the road washed out up here. Yes. Well, the road didn't get put back in until a week ago. Yes. You know, it's just and uh, so now the road's back in, so we're back out here. But the uh, incredible, incredible how the how the year went. Well, spring happened at our place anyway, and we can only imagine that it was the same here. In about 26 hours, we went from three feet of snow to four flooded, feet of water. Yeah, four <laughs> feet of water, and just and and just devastating for a lot of the places around us. Our neighbors, uh, you know, our highway people, every everybody was affected by it. So. Anyway, it was a good thing to know that the cabin was still standing. Yes. And uh, yeah. there was no, and there has been no forest fires, which last year when we were in Africa, we were afraid that some of the forest fires were going to push this way and we were helpless. We couldn't 
get out here and do anything because we were half a world away. I hear the loon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if the if the uh, lights flicker, don't worry about it. Uh, we shouldn't lose uh, power, but we're running on the on the small generator. The the uh, yeah. Honda backup, the two thousand, is is was running everything. The Yamaha after. Four years of me and doing nothing but dump gasoline into it needs some work. <laughs> yeah. Can't imagine. Four years of... <laughs> I know. But what a great weekend we picked to be up here. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it was so frightfully hot. Let's talk about uh, an accomplishment. I am unbelievably proud of what you have done. <laughs> and you did it in such a compressed uh, uh, time. You, you're talking about Africa. Because when you got back from Africa, you had, had uh, a whole bunch of work to do. And, I did. And you, uh, you changed jobs. Yes. Well, uh, about two years ago, I was approached by uh, a couple of guys who I'd worked with one of them, and the other one was his best friend. And um, they asked me if I might ever be interested in joining their investment team. And I thought long and hard about it. And we had lots of discussions about it because I, I have over 30 years of banking experience, but most of that's been on the credit side of things, not on the investment side of things. So in order to be employable in that uh, realm of banking, there's a number of Canadian Securities Institute courses that have to be completed. So when we got back from Africa, I started studying um, and wrote three exams one in August, one in September, one in October, and finished up my career with RBC. And uh, that was right around my 59th birthday. And I gave my notice uh, that I was going to retire. And uh, then because I'm going to a competitor, or I went to a competitor, so I'm with uh, Scotia Wealth Management now in Grand Prairie, they, we, they, they got all petulant. Uh, well, no, I mean, it's it. Uh, you could call it that, but really in reality, it, it happens and it's not, it's not punitive, but you have to leave your employer if you're going to work for a competitor. Even though I'm, I'm not in the same space in the banking world, I, I'm still uh, with a competitor. So I ended up having five weeks off at the beginning of the year, which was kind of fun. <laughs> Got to visit family and do a few things like that. Uh, but now, and then it takes a bit of time, even though after you've got those first initial courses, then there's a bunch of other courses that you have to take. And so at, at this stage in my life, I'm, I'm proud to say I can learn still. <laughs> And uh, well, let's not, let's not play this down that you can learn. This is usually what two or three year course that you managed to do in your spare time. Spare time. <laughs> I, I don't think I had you busy enough in the skinning shed, but in Maybe your spare not. time, you you did did it by correspondence. Yes, I did it by correspondence, and um, and then a number of other courses that were a requirement of being a registered wealth advisor. So I've done all of that. And and now I'm a registered wealth advisor. So, and everybody out there's thinking, how is a lady that bright end up with me? <laughs> <laughs> Just lucky. I'll tell you right now, best set I ever made, guys. When we talk about <laughs> our favorite all-time sets, best set. <laughs> so now you're you're out there and you are uh, playing the stock market, advising yeah. people on how to structure their portfolios. See, I'm learning all these words. Yeah. yeah. Just- well, it, you know, just really getting into the nuts and bolts of, of people and their aspirations, whatever stage of life they're at, whether they're just starting to build their wealth or they're at the tail end of a business or mid-business or retired, There, there's lots of considerations. And the one thing I will say is you don't have to be wealthy to work with a wealth advisor. No, no, that's that's, that's very cool. That's it. Very proud of you, dear. Very proud. Thank you. <laughs> so, moving on. And this is uh, this is our, our uh, agenda here, our menu, and and, <laughs> and it, believe it or not, this is the second attempt at it, and it's still a, a bloody mess. But we want to talk about locals. Um, locals.com. So, trappinginc.locals.com is our new community, and we've talked about it a lot, but we have to talk about it more because not everybody's finding it, and we get lots and lots of questions about. When is, uh, you know, season six going to be on Correct. YouTube? When is it going to yeah. be on Amazon Prime? I don't think they're ever going to be. Well, we, we've run into some situations. Um, and it's, it, uh, censorship is a harsh word, but it, it's kind of applicable in this situation because um, a lot of people in the mainstream don't understand trapping. 
um, and we get trolls. And then, and now we are faced with a situation with some of the platforms where we have been airing our content, where they tell us that we can't air certain things that are part of our everyday life. Uh, that might include our grandchildren, with the permission of our children, of course. Um, it it might. It does include. I can't. I can't air on uh, on on YouTube with uh, my my grandchildren, so it can't be monetized. Right. And that hurts my heart. Well, I think it hurts a lot of a lot of us, and it you know while while it pains us, I think to take it out of maybe mainstream whatever. I think for the content purposes of what we're doing, it's more valuable to the people who are connected to us to be part of our locals community. And then they get the very best of everything. Well, for one thing, because we, we don't have to worry about aunties or trolls. Correct. We own everything there. I mean, we, we do pay a, um, a stipend for, for the, uh, uh, the bandwidth and all that kind of stuff. But we, we know who our people are. I don't have any idea who, who somebody is on YouTube or Amazon. No. I have no idea. And they could shut me off tomorrow and, and the community I've built there is gone. I, I, don't, I can't contact any of them, tell them where Correct. I've gone or, or, or whatever. For them to say that I can't show my grandchildren on a, on a video trapping with me right. is, is like for some other people saying that they can't, they can't show teaching their kid how to ride a bike. Right. I mean, that is how basic this is in our life. It is. And how sad it is. Well, and it and it's not just trapping. It just permeates the entire outdoor community, right? I mean, it right now it's it's trapping, but I mean, we also have our our new hunting um uh show that that we're working on. Yep. And and our grandkids are a big part of that as well. Um so you know, it just kind of shuts down that whole family. It's how how we raised our own kids. Oh. It's everything that we we have a belief in. And this might sound silly to a lot of people who come from a different life than we do, mm. but I had a, a, a go around with them, and I, I showed a, a kid hel- helping cut up meat, okay, right. wild meat, and. You can't allow that. There's blood. There's raw meat. There's everything. I said, you can see that every day in, in the Safeway. Yeah. You can see that every day at Kroger's or wherever you shop. Every day. Well, that's different. And I said, how? It's just different. That was their best argument was, yeah. it's just different. Well, yeah, that's not right. No, it isn't right. And and so I guess we just have to congregate together um, in a different way. Yeah. And there's a bunch of new videos that are coming. Uh Season six is, I think, eleven of them are up already. Uh, um, episode twelve will go up tomorrow on the on the community. Correct. And uh, other than that, season six will we will be on pursuit again this year. Yes. But not until October. Right. We're going to go Q four of twenty twenty and Q one of twenty twenty one, and we'll be airing three times a week on pursuit. But but. That's for our for our American friends. Yes, for our American viewers, and we have we have tons and tons of you guys, and we appreciate you all, all to heck. But the uh, the pay pay to play um, format is getting harder and harder to, uh, to to sustain. Yeah, you know, and and that's what you got to pay to to be on those channels. Well, that's and that's because we own uh, we own our TV show shows. Uh, um, where we decide the content and we decide the situations and, and we decide what yep. we're going to show. Yep. Uh, there are some shows out there, certainly not uh, the greater majority probably, but some which are, uh, which are owned by others who have a say in their content and maybe it's not as uh, expensive maybe for them to be on TV, but... For what we do, and there's still a lot of people, even as many years as we've been on TV. So we've been doing television for 21 years in this outdoor world. And uh, there's still a lot of people that don't understand that we don't get picked up. Are you going to get picked up again this year? Or, uh, you know, how did you get started? Who picked you up? And it's not that at all. It's um, could we afford to pay our way onto whatever channel we, we had access to? And that's where advertisers come in. And there's advertisers in in everything. So every now and then we get a little uh, feedback from some of our viewers around, I wish there weren't so many commercials. And when you are on a television uh, network, 
they decide how many commercial breaks there are. So even if they weren't our advertisers, um, there would still be commercials on that. And we, we've chosen to buy all of our uh, commercial time spots yep. because then the network that we, we are on can't put a competitor into our show. Um, and that's what happens. Uh, it's just a reality of this world. And so we have to um, sell ourselves and sell our show to the advertisers who are in our space. And, and that costs money, pure and simple. It yep. really is just about money. But it is, it is one of those situations where, you know, uh, our, some of our, I won't say all, but some of the networks that we've, we've been involved with have been our competitors. Yep. Um, Always. They, they uh, approach our advertisers. They, uh, or they will, they will try to arrange some way uh, to get a, a competitor's ad into our show. And and that's because this particular uh, trapping, is it's different. It's newer. I mean, it, certainly trapping itself is ages, ages old. But the but show itself don't, and... Don't downplay the, the, the impact the show has had. Oh, I yes. Mean, our Nielsen's, our official Nielsen's for yes. last year in, El, in Canada, 3.24 million viewers. And that's uh, in Canada with with ten percent of the population of America. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and we do know that we have a, a large viewership in the U.S. as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we did as over, well as other places. We around did the over six hundred thousand in the in the last quarter, and with with just two airings uh, yes. on Pursuit last year. So, <laughs> this year we're we're going with three airings and and uh, two quarters. So they're telling me over two we'll have over two million viewers, which is great, which is awesome. I it mean, is. We're, we're, yeah. when it comes down to uh, we would probably be far more uh, commercially successful if we didn't have such a passion for it. Yeah. Because there are things that I, I won't say or do because I, I, it's important that we keep getting the message out. It, well, it's important to be authentic, I think, in this realm. Um, and there, there are lots of, of shows that have kind of started and stuttered a bit and maybe some of them have even fallen off. But there, some of it is contrived situations or or even at the risk of saying reality, it's, it's reality TV, which we are reality TV, but in a different way. There are, there are situations that, you know, we don't have a camera crew following us around and there's been no. plenty of exciting moments. One of them <laughs> happened yesterday, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, where, where... <laughs> you can hear the strains of the Edmund Fitzgerald play. <laughs> the grid ship and crew are in peril. I thought we were. Sometimes when you're floating a beaver down, you'll you'll uh, be going along and you'll hit where they've where they've channeled out and you'll tip like this. Well, the Argo can't sink. I mean, you can fill it plumb full of water. I can go out there. I can go out in the lake and I can fill it plumb full of water. Those tires will not allow it to go under. But when you get in a situation where where where, where the train can force it like that, well, it forced it like that as I was backing out of one spot <laughs> and she was climbing over me to get out because <laughs> it was it was every man for yourself and i just knew that i had to get back to where i was just plain floating again and that would be okay turn on the bilge pumps to the way we went but yeah you the, the good ship and crew were in peril according to <laughs> listen you can tell yourself that that thing can't sink all day long but when the water starts pouring in man i'm telling you it was like a squirrel getting out of there <laughs> so with being trapped at home we 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 kind of you had this big honeydew list, and guys, worst thing that ever happened with this virus. All those things that you say when, when I've got time. Well, she says, "Well, now you got time." <laughs> well, there was lots of things that we we intended to do when we got home last year, but of course, I was deep in the book studying, yeah. and and you were trying to stay out of my way and and uh, just you know keep everything even so well, that I could have the time. Two things here, though. The backstory is is that. Uh, I, I'm a home builder by trade, and we've had a home building company for years upon years upon years. But a socialist government in 2015, um, both uh, first provincially and then federally, fixed all that. I mean, oh, they yeah. killed the economy and, and they, they destroyed uh, oil and gas in Alberta. And, and so that was the end of, of home building. We ended yes. up becoming landlords of, of the last one that we built. Yes. And uh, so, anyway, 
being a home builder, I'm, I'm on the edge of all of this stuff and I, and I know how to do all these things. So for her, she sees something on Pinterest or God, I hate Pinterest guys. She sees something on Pinterest. It's like, Oh, Rich can do that. So <laughs> if Rich can do it, that means it's free and <laughs> not well, a big deal. Well, so <laughs> so I saw a, a caption on Facebook the other day that said, guys, if your wife says, honey, I've been thinking you should run. And that's kind of what happened to him this year. Last year, of course, for a lot of folks who know us, we were we, we spent a month, uh, just about the entire month of June in Africa and South Africa. Um, having just the most marvelous time. And then we came home and we had these great plans that we were going to do some of some of the stuff that uh, that we had planned on and then that didn't happen. So Well, it, one of the things was, was was it was time to you thought it was time to change the color of the walls in the, in the house. Because 2 years ago I, I painted a bathroom and bedroom on my own. But, you know, he, I mean, I, bu- I built the house in 2007. So, you know, it, all of a sudden it was time to change the colors. And I should have did it last year, guys, because in between, there's been a new ceiling texture treatment come out that she fell in love with. And because Rich can do it, it's free. So it added a lot more to the to the chores. And, and part of it was is that we have a lot of taxidermy in our home. We have over 70 pieces of taxidermy. So all of that taxidermy has to come down first. And, and some I, of those pieces were, oh yeah, <laughs> big. They are big. So yeah. then I have to poly all the walls, and then I have to, because I'm in the business. I know that when you when I first textured the house, uh, for, for, put the original texture on, I never painted it, and you know you you underpaint, but you do not paint the 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 texture itself because that makes it impossible to remove. So I knew all this, you know. So it came in handy at this point. You poly all the walls, you spray it with water, you scrape it all down, then you then you uh, do any patching that needs to be done, you reprime it all, and then you can put another texture back on. Well, instead of going straight into patching walls and painting, now I added two weeks to the whole deal because all of these trophies had to come down and we had to redo all the ceilings and yeah. everything. It was uh, it, it was interesting, but it, it turned out pretty good. But she always has this 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 speculative, uh, you know, like, I should think about this, or I think we should. And so I'm hanging the last piece, and it's this kudu, and, and it's uh, um, a wall mount pedestal. So it's got a turn on it, and they, they, they're kind of, if you've ever looked at them, you can kind of see behind their shoulder, and, and they're hard to hang, right? And I'm just getting it up there, and I'm on the ladder, and I'm sweating away, and I'm I'm kind of at the end of, of my patience. <laughs> Don't let him tell you that. He's never used any in his life. <laughs> so I'm getting it there, and I finally get it in place. I'm kind of adjusting it. And she, she, I, behind her, me, I hear her say, you know, maybe we should have painted that wall the, the darker color. And I turned around, and she's laughing. She, was, <laughs> she got me good on that one. <laughs> What's life without a little humor? You know, even if you've stretched. So the new hunting series. Oh, yes. What's wow. it called? It's called Married to the Hunt, and we've been chewing on this concept for a while. Yeah. Um, because that's where our where we first started twenty one years ago with television was um, was a hunting series with yeah. with friends and and uh, uh, you know co co conspirators. Let's say I don't know. We were business partners. Well, yes, but at the time twenty one years ago. There wasn't a show on television that had women in it, and so very few, yeah. Uh, myself and um, Kim were were the first women, and and we uh, we got had a huge following. And I like to think that we certainly didn't pave any way, but we opened um, we opened some gates to allow other women the possibility of of being on television and I think that in many ways we were we were at the um at the bow of of getting women into hunting and certainly even still today women are the fastest growing demographic in the hunting space absolutely one of the cool things was and and the reason for the play on words because we we do also do fishing uh, yes the, the virus kind of kind of screwed that up we were supposed to be deep sea fishing we were supposed to go to costa rica yeah we were supposed to go to texas for our dad too but yes that that that, that got screwed up and and then we were supposed to go do some lake trout and uh 
and Pike in, in northern Saskatchewan, and that got screwed up. So the, the virus has been a, has been wonderful for us. But there is fishing involved in it, and, yes. and there is hunting. But the, the, it was just a play on words because when we started doing this, I mean, to me, it was the ultimate gig to have my wife, my best buddy, my hunting partner to be with me all the time. Think of it, guys. You get a flat tire, you get stuck, you want to look over one more ridge, you don't have to try and explain to her why you're late or that you're going to be late because she's with you. You know, if you're stuck. Or if you need a winch line pulled, <laughs> guess who's there? She's, she's there. She's there pulling winch. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's perfect. You, you're never, you, you have the perfect partner with you all the time. And I always thought of it that way. I, I, this is from the very bottom of my heart. Or the top of my heart, whichever, wherever the important stuff goes, bottom or top. But uh, to have somebody who finds hunting, fishing, and trapping as precious in their life as I find it in mine is an unbelievable blessing. I just, and that's the way I've always looked at it. But we get we get these reactions from people. You know, it's I, two reactions. One. <laughs> Does she have a sister? <laughs> I don't. A single, a single sister that that might be, uh, you know, mar- we could get married off to, uh, or or two. You poor bugger, you can't even ever get free of her, even in the bush, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we've always looked at it as being a blessing to be able to spend this much time together. I I can't imagine not. So, um, you know, we we were still doing the hunting series um, with TJ and Vanessa at the. You, for the first couple of years that we'd started Trapping Inc. I, but think, I think 2015 or 16 was the last we did yeah. with, on, on, the, on the hunting. In camp. any event, um, it just got to be too much to, to do both. And then, uh, you know, partly the virus, partly some of the other things that have happened, uh, you know, the, the NDP being in charge of our local economy <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, it has freed up some time for Richard to to think about being creative in another series. so That's right. When I, when I was building, I could have never taken on no. another series at all. There just wasn't time. Right. So this has just opened up some possibilities for us. And we certainly did film everything that we did in South Africa last year. And not all of it was hunting. Some of it was touring. And just the incredible people that you meet when you travel. I think that ab- above everything else, even the the species that you hunt over there, it's the people you meet. And ever since we've been going to South Africa, mm. um, the the family that we've gotten to know, and by extension, their friends who are now our friends, and uh, and the one couple there, they have two little boys. And, and the second trip we, we went to Africa, we actually spent up at a farm uh, near Lady Grey on the Eastern Cape. And uh, this couple have two little boys and Ben was five or six and his little brother was about 18 months old. James was about 18 months old and we actually didn't get a chance to see them last year when we were gone but it's really funny because Ben thinks that we are his friends not his parents' (laughs) friends and when when his parents were getting everything ready to come and meet us and and everyone else for dinner they said we're going to, to meet Rich and Sandy and he said but mummy, they're they're my friends, not your friends. <laughs> so that was that's actually really heartwarming because you do connect with everyone in the families, and we we just have had such a superior experience with that. We wanted to share that part of it as well, um, and some of them were along on our on our adventures when we were there last year. It was just really an incredible trip. Yeah. So. Married to the Hunt is going to be a lot of fun. Yes. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be just you, you and I and, and you know, the, the, the fun that we have trapping and that we're, we're going to try and bring it there. Well, the fun that we have trapping, the fun that we have hunting. No, no. Like, just like, <laughs> just like what we've done with just trapping, like trapping and, values. uh, our, yeah. you know, the very laid back structure we have, you know, the, there's some, some interesting issues that come up and, um, you'll. Watch, watch the, the the series, and you'll you'll see a whole new definition of that song. I want to check you for ticks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> even though we were there in the winter last year, it hadn't been very cold. Yeah. Uh, and you don't think of South Africa as being cold, and in fact, the first time we went, our our very good friends, uh, a doctor and his wife from uh, from South Africa, they're from Cape Town area, actually. 
they, um, they warned us. They warned me. They said, you're going to be cold. And I went, oh, I'm an Alberta girl. Like I can, I, and oh my goodness, I don't think I've been that cold, even out here, out here. Oh, it was. Yeah. I think it's I think it's just a mindset though it because you, the, is, in your yeah. mind you're in Africa and it's like you can't you can't be zero degrees in Africa yeah. right you know it can't it can't be zero Celsius or thirty two Fahrenheit but uh, you know and out here we we, we survive it much colder and it doesn't, yeah, doesn't bother do. us right well we you, you're right you get used to it and you have a mindset around it but anyway I mean it's just funny so it hadn't gotten cold enough to kill the ticks and so a lot of places that we went there was ticks. Ticks, ticks, ticks everywhere. <laughs> it's another and, story. Watch, watch yeah. the show, and you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can't, we can't really tell the whole story here. <laughs> so this is Wood Weekend. We're out here, and we're getting our winter's yeah. wood. Well, uh, every year we have to put some wood up just to keep ahead of, and we we still we, um, as you saw last year, we put in a. Or did maybe we show have, that? Maybe I think we. Well, I think we did show putting in the new wood stove. Anyway, we put in a different wood stove and we moved it. It started with one of those, you know, I think. I've been thinking. (laughs) Dangerous words. Um, Anyway, we put in a a very efficient wood-burning wood stove out here. and Compared to the 60-year-old one that was here? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think they... I, I think that was a used stove when they installed it 40 years ago. And yeah. um, and it, we certainly burned it a lot, maybe yeah. even more than they did. And the grate was burned out in places, and it was just. I'll tell you what, I slept a lot better before I tore it apart oh. than I have since. When the way he put things together, of course, he was a farmer, and he not made, to disparage farmers, no, no, but, but they made, are very good at making do with he, things. Very good scroungers, and and the way the stuff that was put together and all that is like, I can't believe that I never delved it further into this you know well we were just lucky that we were oblivious to <laughs> yeah. the hazards <laughs> sometimes god does take care of fools <laughs> yeah, it's true it's true anyway um we didn't burn as much wood last year as as we have in previous years but we still need to replenish that wood pile and and whatnot so this year uh there were a couple of trees actually right in the yard yeah. which uh, were were pretty sick and, uh, or we thought they were pretty sick. Well, they, they were, they were. I mean, they were, the ants were working the one and, and they're, they're, uh, big spruce trees. The ants were working the one and the, uh, the other had some red rot in it and yeah. that, that's bad too. And you could see, cause there was de- dead branches getting up quite high on them. The worst part is, is that either one of them could have reached any one of the cabins yeah. if the wind was blowing the wrong way when they gave up and you never know when they're going to give up. You know, they yeah. can have a lean on them and all that. And I couldn't even follow them the first day. Like the right. first day out here was, was Saturday. Too much wind. There was just too much wind and the wind was coming right into them and would have brought yeah. them right back at one of the cabins. So uh, that I waited until that night and the wind died. At 9.30, we actually felled them. Yeah. We, he. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's pretty, pretty, pretty pleased. It's been a while since I've... I've knocked down a tree where I had to drop it in a lane and, and I pulled out the uh, the wedges and boom, nailed, yeah. nailed both of them, yeah. right? There's boom, boom. So yesterday, um, was it yesterday? Yeah. 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 I guess. Yeah. Okay. So we got here Friday um, and it was the only night we could have a fire and it was still warm. Oh, it was yeah. very warm that, that day. So that just means you put more wood on and sit further back. That's yeah. all. That's, that's how it works in my world. Um, and then Saturday we got up, but it was windy right away in the morning. So we knew we weren't going to fall those trees that day. Um, so we went for an Argo ride. Yeah. Uh, we'll tell you about that after. So then that night before we went to bed on Saturday night, he felled the two trees and it was still light enough. Um, anyone who's who knows about Northern Alberta knows how, how light it stays up here in the summertime, but also how quickly it gets dark in the winter. <laughs> and uh, you can't have it both ways. No. I'd, you know. Uh, if you, if you, have, you have seven hours of daylight on the shortest day, you, you have, you have uh, uh, 17 hours or 18 hours on the, on the longest day. So yeah. we, uh, we got them bucked up and we brought out the, uh, the Range Road uh, splitter done. And that yeah. was kind of interesting getting it out because it's so wet. I had to, cover the motor now normally there's that much clearance for the motor like i mean before you get water to the motor well 
There's more than that in a lot of places uh, on yeah. coming in for, for the water. We got them all, uh, got it all bucked up, got it all split up, and and uh, it's it, all stacked. Yeah, and we it took some reorganizing in the woodshed too because there's there is uh, some wood in there that's two or three years old still that we yeah. haven't gotten from the back. So I moved a bunch of stuff around to begin with, and then we. I mean, it's only on one side of the yard to the other side of the yard uh, where the trees were felled and where we where we split everything and put it in the woodshed. But it's still, it, it took us three hours, I guess. Not bad, though, considering. It wasn't. And, and we started earlier. These are trees that if you were splitting by hand, oh, you would those... never touch one of these. No. Like, I mean, they were just hairy. And you know what I mean by hairy, where they have all those branches that big. The knots. And they're, they're just everywhere. Yeah. And... Without having that splitter, it, it, it's a kinetic splitter, and I mean, it's a 34-ton unit, and man, it just doesn't slow down. It just hammers stuff. Three-second stroke on it, I mean, it's it, it's a, a dream. But without that, you'd never touch these things. No. And and I mean, they had to go. I had to, you know, I, I prefer to pick my time and place for them for them to go than yeah. to come here and, and one of them haven't fell and hit something, right? Yeah. Normally, we don't touch anything in, our, in the yard or around here. We do have some big trees that, Maybe but b- before we're done, you know, in 20 years they, or 30 years or whatever it is, they, they might. I like the way you think. Yeah. 30, 30 years, years. 40 years? Maybe. 40, 40 years. Maybe four 40. more years. Yeah. <laughs> 40. I'd be just over 100. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, we, we don't like to do anything here. We have a, uh, folks up in uh, the northern states that will know what beetle kill is, uh, where the pine beetle gets into stuff. We have a, a sand ridge over here that uh, that is beetle killed. And yeah. that's where we usually go get our wood, but. Well, this year, uh, navigating through the beaver dams, it was kind of good that we didn't have to go that way. Not that you can't. It just adds another dimension to the difficulty, I guess. And, you, and um, you're the you're the, the log haul operator. I am. I'm, I'm busy out sawing and, and bucking up, and, I, and you're busy filling that eight-foot Argo trailer and then yeah. heading back with it. You keep me hopping. I, I do. <laughs> Crazy year when we talk about the water. Now... Of course, the road got washed out and everything, and yeah. and right at the at the road, which is upstream of everything uh, of of the drainage that we're on, right at the road, everything's very low. Yes. Right, because it's all washed out. There, there's no beaver dams in that, and you can see here at our cabin when we're on the first lake. Yeah. At our cabin, the water was nearly to the fire pit. They, there's there's driftwood and there's reeds and everything right up just it about was, to the fire pit. That's yeah. how high the water it was, was. Probably another two feet higher. Two than, or three feet of water, yeah. Yeah, where it was. But somewhere either between this lake and the next one or or after the second one, a be- the beaver dam started letting go. And this drained so fast that the uh, the reeds and the and cattails. the cattails that are all just like it's like you could Laid see there was flat. a flat. Huge current. Yeah. They, were, they were laid yeah. flat. Like, I've never seen that in a lake no. before. <laughs> and so this is... Now, the lake isn't really that high. No, not here. Um, not here at all. And then... But then when we got down to another place where we crossed the river again, after the two lakes, it's unbelievably high. Yeah. And rolling. Is. Yeah. And then you people who've watched the show before know that there's this, there's this one place that we cross as a beaver dam, and it was washed out last fall. It's um, where we did in season five. I did a season on a crossover. That's that's the spot. Yeah. And, uh, and we... so it was a very um, narrow area where there was still some spillover coming over the dam. It, and it, it has a it has a creek with a current and it's run. It usually stays open all winter long, which is why we built a bridge there. Yeah, so the snowmobile could cross yeah. because the Argo, not so bad, but the banks are really steep. Yep. Um, so anyway, we built a bridge there, and then last last fall, because we had a lot of rain in the fall. Well, we we were in here in September. We came we came out like or end of September, yeah, and then we came out uh, like the first week of November to, to to start Martin season, and the bridge is gone. Yeah, it had floated it and taken it downstream, and and so there's nothing you can do at that point. The, the logs are frozen into everything's frozen Every, yeah. logs are the the main logs carry logs is all frozen into the bank net so we used the the Argo to tear it apart yeah we just hooked a, a, a toe strap on it and sandy kept pulling forward and, and pulling the the big plank another off reason of, he likes to have his wife along with him so he didn't have I mean I can't imagine trying to do that stuff yourself I do I, mean, I do just, a lot of that stuff myself but it's it, it having somebody else along is just a dream yeah it's just like going in and out of beaver dams and that because if if I get to a situation where I can't I can't make a clam or whatever you can drive I'll jump out and 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 
hook the witch line or whatever whatever yeah. needs, right? Do that by yourself. Well, you gotta you gotta land make <laughs> nail that landing on the way back in. You know what I mean? I do it about half the time. The other half I have to swim back to the Argo. Anyway. <laughs> time to get home with wet feet. We pull these we pulled all these planks off and and we we, we kind of threw them in this mix mash of Jenga or whatever to, to across uh, things that were sticking up and it kind of froze into the ice there and it made the yeah. bridge for the winter. Well, now with this, this flood. Oh, we can't we... even find. And those were rough sawn planks. Yeah. And what were they like? Four three, inches thick. Four inches thick and. Four by 12s. Yeah. Rough four by 12s. And yeah. And then how long were they? Uh, 10, 11 yeah. feet long. So you can imagine how heavy they are. Yeah. And we couldn't find any of them. They're all gone. When we went on Saturday, because that was the first time we went across. So anyway, we've got some good footage of how the Argo works in those situations too. Well, and, it, and actually, it, it, it blew out the, the banks, so the banks are even nicer now for the Argo. Yeah. I will put the bridge back in, but just for the for the skidoo. Yeah. The Argo has no trouble whatsoever. No. Uh, but it's the, the skidoo is a different story. So we're going to have to... Uh, fire up the the range road sawmill we got one of their 32 inches uh, yes. uh bandsaws and we're gonna cut a bunch of uh, uh of rough planks for for building a new bridge yeah that'll be in a future episode down the road of trapping ink yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was that's like i don't know that's about five six miles from from here at the cabin was where we get to that bridge and the and the and that bridge is gone and we work our way through but there is so much water. Some places are high. Some places are are, are blown out and gone. Right? It's yeah. it's it's hard to predict. But the grass. Oh, when the you're grass is driving tall. along in the Argo. The grass is like at eye level and above. And so then you can't see all the perils that lie in front of you. Yeah. And there, because it's been so wet, there's been a lot of trees that have come down oh. and it, on the trails that you use, especially in the winter time. I mean, we travel it in the Argo in the fall before there's too much snow. But in the winter time, uh, you know, those are those are tough if you hit them with a snowmobile. So we're gonna at some future time here this summer fall. We're going to have to get out and, and do a lot of trail maintenance there too because, it, and in some cases, you couldn't see logs that are like this oh. big around because oh. the grass has just completely hidden them. And and that and that's the worst thing. I mean, I've, I've always been cautious when you can't see, I slow down. Yeah. You know, and I mean, uh, but some, I hit a couple of logs yesterday at five kilometers an hour, three three miles an hour. And, and when, when you're going up over a log like that, boom, boom, it's a little bit of a jolt. <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes you stop short yeah yeah but you can't literally see them that's yeah. how how high the grass is and the other thing is is these are my trails and over the last six years i probably got about say twenty thousand kilometers so twelve twelve thousand miles i have put on these trails so mm -hmm. when you drive a, a, a trail a lot or a road a lot you have this memory right this muscle memory you know where the bumps are you know you know where the the logs are and that kind of stuff. Well, yesterday I was I was like I was lost. Yeah. Well, I don't. There were so many on that one trail that comes. Well, I guess it kind of like northwest trajectory or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was boy, it was ugly out there, and and so we just picked our way back. It took a lot longer, but yesterday was thirty one degrees Celsius out here. Holy Which is mackerel! Like ninety two Fahrenheit, or yeah, something. something like that. And and which y'all can all, keep down south exactly <laughs> for all of for all of our viewers who are uh, who who live in temperatures where that's considered cool for a summer day. Us Northerners, it that's that's hot. Yeah. That is hot. I always say that I can always put more clothes on when it's cold, but there's a point where I get arrested when it's hot. Mm, <laughs> Taking them true, off. <laughs> true, but my I don't think I've been that dirty. Um, you know, because we were out moving stuff off trails, and then you know your hands are covered in pitch, and yeah. your clothes are dirty. And and he looked at me and said, "I don't think I've ever seen you that dirty." <laughs> Which dirty girl, dirty. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's one of the other pleasures that we have out here if you want to call it that it's the a shower on the front it, step yeah, it's the front porch shower that we have which is <laughs> which is a good thing we're in the middle of nowhere because boy people get their eyes open <laughs> uh, yeah thank goodness we don't have any of the two-legged neighbor variety <laughs> <laughs> but the the waterfowl is unbelievable like the swans have huge families and you know where yeah. trumpeter swans are, are what what nest around here the um 
uh, the tundras uh, or whistlers are go off much further north. Yeah, they do. But the the trumpeters here are having in some cases families of five and six, which is yeah. also awesome Isn't to see. Isn't it? It is, and the ducks um, and pelicans. The pelicans. We, we have. Uh, I don't know what you call a, a flock of pelicans. I'm sure someone a can tell us. A flock will work, I guess. I don't uh, whatever. Know. Anyway, <laughs> they are enormous birds, anyone who knows what a pelican is. They're, and they're they're, the there's ones. probably 50 of them that live yep. out here. And yesterday when I went down to the lake, they were at that far end. And, and they were all huddled up together. But last night, just at the end of the night, when we came out, um, just one last check, make sure everything was good, buttoned up around the cabin, they were all kind of spread out all down the lake. It was really cool. Yeah. I got a little bit of footage of that. But you still, I mean, as zoomed in as I was, you couldn't really get their size that much. So, But still, there was at least 50 because there was 30-some out in the sunshine yeah. and the others over in the in the shade. Yeah. So a lot of them, and that's, that, we've slowly been getting more and more pelicans here every year. Yes. It tells me that the minnow population, at least the sticklebacks are doing really good. But yeah. there should, there's supposed to, you sh- Let's get, start this over again. <laughs> <laughs> the watershed we're on has both pike and perch in it. Yes. But what happens is you get in a situation where you'll have a winter kill. Okay, yes. the, the whole lake out here is only eight, eight feet deep. That's it. Yeah. But you get a winter kill, and then you've got all of these beaver dams on, on the rivers in between, so the pike and perch can't come back up every spring. Right. Now, we just had a really unique year where probably all of those beaver dams are blown out, so maybe now we'll, we'll get lots of pike and perch back here again. Yeah, maybe they'll, they'll you know, be come, able to get come back springtime. up. That, yeah. that would be interesting. It's cool how nature is, right? We, you know, man thinks in these little tiny, you know, five or ten year intervals and nature just thinks over the millennia, you know, yeah. every thousand, two thousand years, yeah, you know. Yeah, this is just like less than a day's worth of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. from a from what's happening, but nature plans ahead. Well, it's just like what's happening right now with uh, voles. Right. Uh, our upcoming season our our mustelids uh, like our our weasels the the um, martin, martin and fisher and the fisher are going to be off the charts i think so too voles are a lot of people call them mice yeah when i was a kid you had the long-tailed deer mouse or jumping mouse or kangaroo mouse they had a long tail and they jumped and they and they had that 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 kind of that little pear-shaped body right mm-hmm. you know the teardrop shaped body there that, that that's a, that's a true mouse that is and it has a hairy tail and and that kind of stuff. But the other mice, uh, what we called mice, we called them a field mouse, and they were they're kind of round and flat, uh, yeah. you know, and fat looking, and and they were bigger than than the deer mice, and they had a shorter uh, hairless yeah. tail. Yeah. And but an actual fact, they're voles. And if you look at the ones we have here, they're called a redback vole, and the back of them has this reddish brown, kind of almost a peanut shape on the on. on that covers most of the, the back, the reddish brown. And their population has been doing this for the last couple of years. And this year, it's just off the charts. Yeah. And we really noticed it around home this year. I mean, we uh, we have a lot of, of mice that live under the snow right close to the house. Um, and there, there's always been those paths of, of uh, mice underneath the snow. And when it melts, you can really see where they've been living all year. Well, they get into your sod on your lawn and they eat the roots. Yeah. They spend the winter eating the roots and they root it all up. And you might have, a, you know, a, a, a section, imagine this tabletop, but maybe maybe it's 30, 30 by 30 and you can literally take a fan rake and just like that and all your lawn comes off and it's mm-hmm. bare. Yeah. And because they've spent the winter in there eating in that. A lot of people blame that on mice. They say that the mice were terrible this winter. That's voles. That's what voles do. Yeah. But the voles, you know, that uh, a vole that big, it's you know. a good meal. Is it? Big meal for for a martin. Yeah. Well, you think about the size of a martin. Um, Yeah, one or two moles, voles. Yeah, not moles, voles. One or two voles would be a big meal for a martin. Oh, huge meal. And and it's a very important food source. So as those numbers skyrocket, everything that lives on them, so not only only all your mustelids now, but but your cats too, right? Yeah, and owls. And owls. Yeah. Ox, ox and owls, but we can we can walk. I was noticed just the, the other day. Uh, uh, I finally got my road put back together at, at, at home. I put in another culvert, and because uh, it's been so wet, couldn't. Yeah. But I go out and walk through the woods at home, and I, and it's nothing. You don't you don't have to go very many feet to to kick up three four voles, and in the daytime. Yes. In the daytime, which is so unusual, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
But we're just starting to get into uh, uh, prepping for next year. So one of the new uh, videos that's, that's going to be up on uh, on the community on uh, trappinginc.locals.com is going to be about uh, trap prep. Okay? Yes. And, you know, trap prep for for Mart, uh, Martin and Fisher and all that is really nothing. Just as long as the, the, they're clean, that's all you worry about. I don't treat them because they don't. They don't rust or anything. They just yeah. get an age patina on them and away they go. Uh, anything that's going underwater needs to be have some sort of a protection on them, dipped yeah. or painted. We'll be doing that. But mostly I'm going to show a lot of uh, what we do with, with uh, snares for wolves and coyotes right. and for uh, wolf traps. Because of uh, that excess so, amount of time we were talking about this year. <laughs> Footholds. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm going to be uh, able to spend more time out here and I'm going to uh, be doing some footholding some wolves. and Because right. I'll be able to meet my, my trap check Correct. Uh, time. We have a 48-hour... Uh, In Alberta, we do. Yeah, yeah. Trap check time that I have to, to meet. I'll be able to meet it. I'll be able to spend more time out here. The biggest thing is, is that, you know, you set a trap out and you're not really fooling them. He knows that trap is always there, but... It, after about a week of you not being there, your scent isn't there. And it, so that trap, the, the, the smell of the trap doesn't bother him as much. Right. Or maybe he's come by it a couple of times and now he's not as, as leery. But you can't set that and then go pull it back up uh, two days later and go no. do it again. You're never going to get anything that no. way, right? You need to have, you know, the old timers used to say that, that you need some time to let, let nature shade things in for you. Yeah. You know, snow and sunshine and all that kind of t- takes yeah, care of all, all that. All of that. So we're going to be doing a lot more. Uh, wolf footholding this year hopefully it works uh you know you, you never know whether the wolves are coming or not uh, especially here it depends on how much snow we get hey rich here sandy and i are pleased to announce the launch of our exclusive community trapping inc nation we've created the community to connect more closely with our fans friends and supporters without the interference and censorship of social media companies By making this community subscriber exclusive, we can share thoughts and ideas freely without the censored photos, shadow banning, and deplatforming of Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Trolls will be a thing of the past, as not one will spend a nickel to protest on a paid site. Here you're going to get to see the new Trapping Inc. videos months ahead of YouTube and Amazon Prime availability. New podcasts will premiere here for a week as well, and we are going to be sharing articles on trapping and guns and shooting as well as our new TV series, Married to the Hunt. The forum is here for everyone to post on and interact. You can message us directly. Post and interact with all the other subscribers. We ask that you be respectful and helpful. This whole venture is about taking the Trapping Inc. TV community to the next level, of building a community of shared interest and interacting with you, our fans. Who knows where we can go from here? To sign up, just go to locals.com and sign up for a free account, then search for Trapping Inc. and subscribe. $3 per month is the minimum fee we can charge, and that is where we have set it. That simple. Just go to locals.com, open a free account, and then subscribe to Trapping Inc. Help us spread the truth about our way of life and the responsible and ethical management of the wild resources. And now back to today's show. Well, and it might, things might change a little bit here too, because the roads, as we discussed earlier, the roads haven't been traveled for a couple of different reasons. One, because the oil field activity hasn't been very high. Um, and two, because of the water. In any case, there there hasn't been a lot of maintenance. So even people that were, would be coming out and just sort of touring around or whatever, aren't doing that either. And where we have had not as many big game species or, or individual animals in, you know, in m- moose or deer or whatever, over the last couple of years, we have found a change in the population here in this area, which is up a little bit. Oh, yeah. And that's part of why we haven't had wolves as prevalent in the area, because there hasn't been much big game here. So we'd get a pack that would come through maybe twice a year. And depending on where we were in that cycle of them passing through, we may or may not uh, be able to to grab their attention at any of our bait sites or any of that that goes on. So this year it might be a little different because we anticipate that there's going to be more big game up here. Well, uh, a wolf pack, the average wolf pack, you know, is is five, six, seven animals, right? right? Because it's a family. It's an extended family is what it is. And uh, the young of the year stay until... Some of them leave at one, most of them leave at two. 
Right. Okay. They have to. They have to move on. the The males go looking for for other mates, and, and believe it or not, males are more easily accepted into a new pack than females are. Ah. Because the female is is, is the a, breeder is a potential potential mate, and so mm-hmm. that's that's always a problem for the for the female alpha of of the pack that they're trying to move into, but that pack has to uh, kill a moose every three to five days. Yeah. Every three to five days. So. In Alberta now, we, they, they say we've got somewhere between 7,000 and 8,500 wolves. Uh, that's about 5,200 uh, animals that they kill every year. Or 50,000, pardon me, 52,000 animals they kill every year. So we need like almost 350,000 moose, deer, and elk to produce enough food just to feed the, the wolves plus maintain their own population. Well, and that doesn't account for any uh, motor vehicle uh, deaths or hunting exactly. or anything of, of that nature. So, yeah, the wolf, the wolf population definitely needs to be controlled, although we don't have as many here. We could have more now yeah. because of, yeah. of how, many, uh, how many big game animals they, we anticipate there to be. Yeah. It, 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 anyway... Um, one of the one of the videos is uh, that I'm working on is uh, my favorite uh, wolf traps, and I mean I, I have there, there's there's positives and negatives to every make out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of them are just out and out monsters, like the the Lay seventy six. Uh, when you say monsters, you just mean how big and heavy they are. Well, I, for what I weigh, I can barely get it. I can barely set it. So I mean, it's <laughs> it, it, it's a monster that way. And you're standing on it, but I mean, it's it is like the the Ferrari, the, uh, the, the, and there's others though that are. It's also priced like a Ferrari. Right. There, there's others that are are much more moderately priced. It depends what what you need what you need out of it, right? Well, and I think that's the case with most things in life. You know, I mean, it's it was about like your needs and your wants. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the the epic old uh, Alaskan number nine and and that kind of stuff. And they're they're very expensive as well, but. Yeah. Uh, but I, anyway, I'm going to show them, show what it, the, the different features, and I'm showing uh, how I set them up, you know, yep. what's what's important. I guess we should wrap this up. But well, thing... we wanted to talk about new videos, too. Well, that was, that was new videos. Yeah, That's but I, I thought there were some other things that you were going to show, Oh, too. there's going to be stuff like uh, we get a lot of questions about tracks on the Argo, so yeah. I'm going to show the easy way. If you have, if you have uh, just couple two little things that just about everybody has in an Argo or or could throw in with not having if you ever throw a track you can put it back on I'll show yeah. you how to do that a bush fix on that really yeah. simple and easy um, chainsaws there's yes. another thing sharpening chainsaws hey a big shout out I have been a still guy for forever but Husky lent me a saw and they because they, they wanted me my opinion on the, this X-cut tooth they have, mm-hmm. the X-cut tooth on their chain, got to tell you, I'm, it is something else. But anyway, it brought to light the fact that the, the, the problems that people have sharpening chains. Right. And I mean, a sharp chain is, is everything. Yes. And, and people don't even begin to understand the relationship between sharpness and, and uh, you know, filing down your rakers, the thickness of cut, the speed of cut, and all that kind of stuff. So there I are... I know I don't. <laughs> I don't expect you to. <laughs> you 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 keep me busy, Ron. I got I got to keep I got to keep that machine tuned up to keep you going. Don't want you slowing down. And so I I'm gonna show. Uh, I've got three main ways that we can sharpen from freehand to a couple of different, uh, you know, that are pretty much um, plug and play tools yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that are cool so sharpening there another thing is sharpening knives like, yeah good god we uh, and i have that sharpening fetish but uh we're gonna gonna show different- i have very sharp knives in my kitchen <laughs> and, and uh every now and then it's like okay yeah <laughs> i need those, you to help me those those are all videos that are going to come out too then and we're of course we're putting uh up on uh, the community we've got all of season one First 11 of season six, and now I'm going to start putting up season two, season three, season four, all, all, yeah. all of it there without worrying about who's whining and complaining. Yeah. yeah. And we also have rough cuts. Yeah. You know, there's our, our spring beaver hunting. There's there's a, a spring bear hunt with, yes. with uh, two of the grandsons, which yeah. I couldn't which, put anywhere no, else. You know, that's, no. that's terrible. And our, you know, our grandsons are right at that oh. age. And, and many of you will appreciate this. Either they're your own children or they are your grandchildren or maybe great-grandchildren. But um, one boy's five and the other's 
four, about to be six and five, uh, just in a few days here. But um, but it was they just had a blast, oh. and to be able to show that and and for them to really get an appreciation of of being with grandpa and with dad and uncle and you know like it was were, just it was they were stoked hey? they were so excited and, yeah. and you know you remember it, your own memories flood back in and and then of course these are my grandkids so my memories of, of our own kids and, yes. uh, and it was just whoever thought that at, at one point in our life that what we did what we took for granted what we did every day yeah was going to be something that was no longer mainstream yeah, well, and and worse than that, um, people who don't understand it that are trying to shut it down, yeah. or to silence um, voices of people who live in rural areas, and I think that's really it, it's starting to be the we against them thing that's happening out there right now. Is that when you when you lose touch with nature and where you come from and where food is grown and where uh, where clothing comes from and all of that sort of thing, you really lose so much of our history and our heritage overall. So that's part of what we're trying to keep alive too, not just the trapping, but it's the whole realm of how we got to where we are today. I'm actually I'm carrying some guilt here. Oh. You know, and, and in today's world, everybody's guilty of something, right? But According to others, yeah, anyway. Yeah, unbiased and... System, systemic or and all that kind of stuff. But the guilt I'm carrying is was, was when I was younger, wishing that there was fewer hunters and fewer trappers. Yeah. That I didn't have to share so much. And now I, I, I live to regret those words and I understand how stupid that was because when we have lots of people, we're powerful. We're powerful and, and we, we continue that on. Not everybody takes it to the level that we do. No. Not everybody, you know. And they don't have to. No, but they need to have an open mind about it so their kids have the opportunity to get a peek at it. Whoever thought that it could go so quickly from how we were raised to how kids are being raised today? Yeah. And I may be getting long in the tooth, but I ain't dead. You know what I mean? You're and- not <laughs> long in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've rattled on enough. I want to give a big shout out, though. I've done a couple of podcasts, which is really unique for me. Yes, um, to be I, a guest. Yeah. yeah, one was with Randy Newberg uh, yeah. and uh, a, a fabulous f- friend of ours f- from down in the states, and we were going to go visit them this year, but then yeah. the virus but and yada yada yada. Once again. Yeah, but Randy uh, has Hunt Talk Radio, and I did a podcast with him, and we rattled on for a couple hours. Yeah, and we had lots of laughs and lots of fun. Oh, Randy, you know, just to explain how Randy was our accountant back when we first started doing television yeah. twenty-one years ago. Uh, it's just an awesome guy. Uh, I've never met him, actually. <laughs> I've had lots of interaction with him over the phone and the internet because he was our accountant for so many years. Um, but he's just a superb guy, and, and he is carrying on some real authentic, um, you know, uh, the hunting traditions and and whatnot, and he's very interested in the trapping as yep. well, and yep. and so on. So they they had a really good chat, and yep, yeah. check him out on on uh, Hunt Talk Radio. And I did another one with Jeremiah Wood, and Jeremiah is I'm going to hope I'm going to get this right. He's from Northern Maine. He's just up against the the Canada border, I believe, and he uh, is a fish biologist, but he um. does a podcast called Trapping Today. Oh. And him and I rattled on for over three hours. And I think he's probably put that into nine different segments. Yeah. I think segment two <laughs> went up went up yesterday or something. But but check that out with the, with Jeremiah. He was a great guy to talk to. You know what? We there are so many interesting people in the outdoors and it doesn't matter where you come from. There's there it all comes back to our collective interest in in the outdoors, whether you're a trapper or a hunter or a fisherman or all three. Um, yeah, it's great. And I'm going to throw this out there. If you know somebody who we should have on the podcast, you can reach me at info at trappinginc.com. Or if you want to talk with me on your podcast, you can reach me at the same place, info at trappinginc.com. And we, we're having a great time. We keep spreading the word. And that's what's important is that uh, we worry about the future. And the future is all about spreading the word. Absolutely. So we want to encourage you to get to trappinginc.locals.com. 
um, and see all of the content that, that is on there. Subscription is $3 per month. Yep. And that's it. And you can you can start, you can go for one month, you can go for the whole year, you can do whatever you want. It's it's simple. But yeah. it's going to be more and more where, where we're going. I, I just can't see, especially as as November comes closer and, and all that, that imports, like, I just can't see us staying on YouTube. I mean, they're they're censoring doctors now. Yeah, wow. It's crazy. We live in interesting times, and, and that's that, that's all that I guess you can say about that. But uh, you isn't know, that the old Irish curse? I may, think may, so. May you live may in you interesting live, times. May you live in interesting times. <laughs> However, we have a, a fabulous group of followers and and friends across the Facebook world, Instagram, uh, now on locals. Um, watching the TV show, watching, just having an interest in what we're doing and, and hopefully being able to apply some of what we've, we've shown you into your own lives or just to have an appreciation of what it's like. Cause we get, you know, we get lots of comments that I used to do this yeah. and I'm getting back into it or I'm, uh, I used to do this in in my life, and I'm I'm 80 years old now. But I really enjoy, you know, you brought that back to me again, and I didn't know people continued to do this kind of thing. So for us, it's it's really gratifying to know how many people are are connecting with us, but with each other too, and growing this community even bigger than what it was when we first started doing it certainly gone further further and wider and, and in a different direction than I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> than either of us ever imagined. And uh, stay tuned for uh, Married to the Hunt. That's coming up later this year. Yeah, it'll, yeah. Uh, it'll hit uh, Wild TV in Canada um, 1st of October. There you go. So lots of good, cool stuff going on. Thanks for... for uh, Sitting in here, whether you're watching or, or listening, I know we, we hear from a lot of people that we're, our, we're their daily drives listening to our podcast. So. Yeah, and it's nice to bring this to you from the cabin because I think a lot of people have that appreciation too that, you know, we, we bring the cameras and all the stuff out here and we just sit and talk to you like you're our neighbors, <laughs> which you pretty much are. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and maybe we'll see you down the trail. Bye.